Kristen, and you're listening to Podcast and Amplify, a podcast for women entrepreneurs who want to amplify their voice and brand through podcasting and grow a wildly successful business. I'm the executive producer and host of two shows and an entrepreneur, and I love helping women grow their visibility, mindset, and business to the next level. Each week, I share tips on how to launch and leverage your podcast, and I'm bringing on the very best business leaders to give you advice on how to build your business empire. Let's amplify your voice and business. Hey there, welcome back to Podcast and Amplify. Today, I am just so excited about the conversation that I'm about to have with our lovely guest. Communication is really important to me. It's what I spent my whole career on. And at the same time, I know that certain scenarios can trip me up. And so I'm always interested to learn more. And our lovely guest today, Venice Johnson, is here to share all of her wisdom around strategies for having those really crucial conversations when you're in conflict and just how to be a better communicator in general. And we'll, I think we're going to go pretty deep today, which I'm excited about, but let me share a little bit about her background. She is the boldness coach, which means she is an empowerment coach. She's a truth teller. She's a transformation instigator. Ooh, I love that. And she helps women to claim their boldness and get clear about becoming the woman that she was always meant to be. So welcome, Venice, to the show. Hi, Kristen. I am super excited to be here and to have this conversation with you today. Awesome. Okay, so let's dive into our first question, which has become kind of my new signature question for this season. Can you tell me about a pivotal moment in your life that sort of led you to this moment and where you're at today? You know, a pivotal moment in my life that led me to where I am as the boldness coach, it happened when I went through a divorce. So I went through a divorce, an unplanned divorce, something that I had not seen coming per se, but that's how life is, right? It doesn't always give you notices, doesn't give you warning signs. And After that process, I really felt like I had lost something in myself. I felt like I didn't really know who I was. And I felt like, where where do I go? Where do I start? What's next for me? And as I was pondering some of those deep questions, I was also thinking about what other women may be having a similar experience that a life event triggered them into. And I started thinking, if I'm having this experience, I'm sure other women are having this experience too. And during that time period, I was really blessed to be surrounded by a community of supported women, you know, friends, colleagues, you know, in essence, a sisterhood. And they helped me, you know, by being my sounding board to really kind of you know, ponder the depth of those questions and really think about the answers, you know, the possibility that could come out of those questions. So that led me to becoming the boldness coach because I don't ever want another woman on this planet to feel disempowered, you know, from a major life experience. And that's what led me here today. I love how you turn that 
a really hard situation, which divorce mm. is incredibly difficult mm. into something that is not only empowering for yourself, but empowering a whole community of women to not minimize themselves and just to be their big, bold selves. I, I yes. love that. And so we're really here to talk about communication. And um, can you tell us how does that factor into, I know you're so highly skilled and if you all go onto her uh, website, she does a lot of different things um, in terms of how she coaches people in the corporate space, she um, coaches entrepreneurs. How does communication fit into your coaching and the services that you provide? You know, communication is really the foundational gateway to any type of interaction that we have. There's verbal communication, there's nonverbal communication. We're always communicating. So whether we know it or not, we're communicating. Um, it's easy to see that with other people. <laughs> it's hard to see it with yourself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's also hard to see it when you are communicating, you know, with the environment around you. So in that essence, we would call that vibrations you know, when we are, you know, communicating with the environment around us, but it really is the foundation and the gateway to interacting with others. And the number one most requested area of training that I, that I get is around team building, leadership development, uh, professional development, and um, just so on and so forth. And the culminator of all of those is communication. How are you talking to other people? What are you saying to other people? Or what are you not saying to other people? What are you saying to yourself? What are you not saying to yourself? What is your essence, your energy communicating to other people that perhaps is nonverbal and that you may not be aware of it? And when we step back and really assess how we're showing up in the world, you know, from the perspective of how we communicate with people, it becomes an eye-opener for us. It becomes ahas, and it also becomes the opportunity to say, wait a minute, is this really how I wanna show up? Is this how I want people to experience me? Is this what I want to experience back because of how I'm showing up? Yeah, and that makes so much sense that you know, communication is sort of the foundation to how mm -hmm. you're really coming into this, these spaces and helping, you know, to facilitate, you know, better relationships, really. Um, but I, I, what you said about um, the energy, you know, mm -hmm. as an introvert, it's very hard to walk into a room and not pick up on everyone's energy so mm -hmm. that you know you're always picking up on on the what's not being said right it's like what's being mm -hmm. being felt um and also I appreciated what you said about not only or what are you saying out loud like communicating to others but what are you communicating to yourself and what's yes. that internal dialogue uh, so there's mm -hmm. so many pieces to this I wonder if we can start with some examples on different communication styles Absolutely. So, and I'm going to start with self first, because that's really the foundation that I start with all the work that I do is really self-awareness. Mm. And, you know, the, there are just different communication styles is what are you saying verbally to yourself? 
You know, how are you talking to yourself? You know, and, and we've been conditioned in society, Kristen, to really just negate the vibration of words. Mm-hmm. We just say, oh, you know, you know, you know what they say, if you talk to yourself, you're crazy. You know, and so we've been conditioned to adopt that. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> when you talk to yourself, you really are in communication with yourself and you're connecting with yourself. You have the best and the most truest and right answer for you. Nobody externally has a better answer for you than what you have for yourself. Now, whether or not you want to own the truth about that, that's another conversation. (laughs) But talking to yourself and how you talk to yourself will elicit a vibration that helps you to then move in particular ways and how you interact with other people. And so that's really important is to look at the verbal communication that you, you're saying to yourself. The other part is the nonverbal communication. You know, so our face, you know, is a book. It's a page, should I say, in our book of life. And it's how you show up with yourself. You know, are you smiling at yourself? You know, are you rolling your eyes at yourself? You know, are you, um, you know, the, the energy that you have, you know, your posture, you know, all of that sends communication back to you about how you think and feel about yourself. And remember, it's the vibrational energy that's out there. Um, there's also, you know, where you have aggressive communication, you know, where people could be trying to push their point across you know, aggressively, not listening to other, you know, individuals, not taking in any other opinions. There's passive aggressive, you know, that you could say something, but verbally you might not say it. And then, but visually you say it (laughs) or verbally you say part of it. And then visually you say the rest of it, (laughs) you know, through your physicality of it. Um, There's also, um, implied communication you know so implied meaning that it looks like you're agreeing it looks like you want to say something but you didn't say you know anything um of course there's the written communication you know there's a lot to be said in the way that we communicate the vibration from that in writing i mean there's been um different types of examples where if you're angry you know with a colleague you know, with your boss, you write out, you just write everything out and then you go back and erase it to get it out. There's communication styles through the emails. So I think we can just kind of rest in the foundation that communication is always verbal or nonverbal, but we can go a little bit deeper in terms of what communication style is coming from us, coming up for us based on that particular experience that we're having. Yeah, and I like how you started with us Right. Mm -hmm. Like it does start with us because whatever we're communicating or saying or not or projecting or, you know, in our tone or in our body language, um, that's the sort of the step one. Right. It's like, Mm -hmm. okay, wait, first of all, how are you showing up? And that's going to affect what kind of reaction you get. Um, Mm -hmm. And then that leads to the whole what is the interchange going to be like? Can you share some strategies around? you know, how to have meaningful conversations where there's opportunity for everyone to be heard. I'm thinking, Mm. especially when Mm. it's maybe 
a challenging situation or yeah. you have to build like consensus um, mm -hmm. and also that part B to that and and maybe it's like a two-part question mm -hmm. is and this is more personally for me is mm -hmm. like how to not take on people's feelings because I know as an empathetic person that's mm -hmm. that's really challenging so I know it's a yeah. big question. So I'll start with the latter one is how to take how to not take on people's feelings. And what's really important when you want to address, um, you know, have a conversation around a topic that's really important, that's really crucial, that you really want to find a way to work out, you know, whatever that needs to be worked out. It's really important to just recognize that. Right, the level of importance that that particular situation will have. The other part in terms of not taking on anyone, anyone's feelings or the other person's feelings is to really, you know, compartmentalize where this is coming from and what is this possibly really about. There are times when people may communicate a cert, certain words, language and energy, you know, on a topic, but it could be a buildup of something else, something prior to them engaging. It could be something that they've been holding on to and that they haven't released from prior conversations or again, from someone else. So there's an opportunity for both parties to say, okay, what is this really about? It's never about the topic that's on, ta that's on the table, especially if you're angry, it's never about that topic. Mm. <laughs> that topic just kind of perhaps maybe a trigger you know, to really what is really going on. So when you recognize that this is possibly about more than what I'm thinking. So let me approach this with the level of openness and let me not assign it. Because when we assign our feelings to something, then when you give it a word, when you give it a phrase, when you give it some meaning, you start to take on that assignment and embody it. And when you do that, then now you are being preemptive with your communication. Well, I'm going to say this, and then I'm going to do that. It's important to be mindful to not assign the experience to a feeling because there's more information that is required for you to get clarity on. Does that make sense so far? Yeah, that makes sense. So mm -hmm. I guess and I'm thinking of like, maybe a situation that feels charged or tense how do you mm. how do you stay open and not assign yeah. feelings yeah. and i think this can lead into the part about colleagues right mm -hmm. um you know i'm sure you've heard this i've heard this before where people feel have, or have an experience that they worked on a project and another coworker stepped in and claimed the project and that person was feeling like, wait a minute, I put blood, sweat, and tears in that project. And then all of a sudden, my boss passes it on to you. You get to present it and you get to get all the glory on it. So I'm sitting back in the room and I am seething because I know it's not true. I know it's my information. So, you know, I know the facts, right? And I don't say anything, Kristen. I just kind of take it in. I get frustrated. Then I go home to my family and my friends. I go home to partners, you know, and now I am just firing off because I didn't take the opportunity to address, you know, a really critical moment, you know, at work. And 
when I don't do that, then guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to assign it some feelings, assign emotion to it. I'm going to take it on. And now it's going to, I'm going to embody that internally and it's going to spill over in other places, right? Mm -hmm. So now let's say that that has happened because I get that a lot from clients and you get wind of that this person is going to be presenting your presentation. This is a perfect opportunity to, you know, have a difficult conversation, you know, with your boss and with the colleague. And what I would encourage you to do is before you have that difficult conversation is really sit down and think about what is it, what's the end goal that you want out of this conversation? What is the end goal? And what could others also walk away from the conversation? How can we be able to find a way that's agreeable for everyone to get what they want out of this experience and out of this conversation? That can be tough in all honesty, because you may be thinking, well, it's my project. I put the blood, sweat and tears in it. Why do I have to share it? <laughs> well, we're in a work environment and there's a larger goal at play here. The larger, or should I say a large objective? The objective is we are working with the company towards them reaching their goals. And all of us have to contribute, you know, on some level. So that in itself helps to take some of the personal connection out of it, that there's a larger objective here that you're striving for. But also, you know, you want to try and create a win-win where possible for everyone involved. So what I tell clients to do is before you go into a meeting, you know, really think about what is the outcome that you would like to see at the end mm -hmm. of the conversation? Mm -hmm. What, how can you, you know, give to other people in the conversation? How can you support them with the win, you know, out of the conversation? And jot that down, you know, journal it, journal it out. So that way you have a chance to really put it in writing and express exactly what it is that you want. And when you're documenting, this is what I want, this is what I want, this is what I want, then ultimately what comes up, Kristen, is the real want that you desire. Yeah. And so if the, if the real want is, I want to be seen, I want to be recognized, then that is what you put in part of the conversation versus, well, I'm mad because you took the work. And what I want you is, not, is to not take my work. <laughs> that could be a true aspect of it, but what's really the need that you're after? And when you journal this out and write this out and flesh this out, you're thinking about yourself, think about the other person too. What could the other person possibly want out of this conversation? If this person is presenting is there an agenda that this person has that may be important to be aware of? You don't necessarily know that answer, but what you can do is write an open-ended question. You know, open-ended question to your colleague. So you are presenting my work that I put together. My question to you is, what benefit are you seeking from presenting the work that I've created, that I've produced? That person, you might find out, I really didn't want to, I didn't want to present the boss told me to. So right away, you can, you know, it can diffuse <laughs> potential conflict between you and that other person because that person had nothing to do with, you know, they were assigned to present. They might've even said to the boss, I really don't want to present Kristen's work. She's worked so hard on this. And then when you also look at the boss and you ask that question of the boss, what would be the goal for having Kristen to present work that I've really worked hard and produced? What, what, what's the goal that you're looking for from this? 
And that person might say, and you know, Venice, you get a lot of floor time. That's your jam. You are so great at that. And what I'd like to do is to give everyone the opportunity on the team to present, to find, you know, their pathway on this team. And, you know, hearing that answer, the person, me, Venice, saying, you know, calling the meeting, I could say, you know, these are really interesting answers that I had never considered. And to be honest, I want to share with you what my experience was when I got the news. Now, I want to, two things I want to point out here. One is I didn't say what my feelings are, because in all honesty, people can't control your feelings. Now, they may influence it, <laughs> but ultimately, it's you that will assign a feeling. The other part is experience. When I say experience, I can actually connect the dots to what is happening or what has happened. I can actually give it some factual context. That is what can become part of the core of the conversation is speak from facts, not from feelings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and it, this takes some practice. I know I'm just kind of giving an overview and I don't want to Pollyanna this and say, oh, do this and everything will be okay. You know, even as a person that does communication strategy work, I have a regular life too. And sometimes I forget. <laughs> <laughs> However, knowing now that I know that there are some options that I can choose from around communication styles, now that gives me pause so that I could say, well, wait a minute, what's really going on here? And sometimes when I ask myself that real question, I find out that it's really not an issue or that I've made it an issue when it really wasn't one. Yeah, it, you've given us so many things in there and I wanna kind of highlight mm -hmm. them. So first of all, approaching these conversations with a win-win attitude. Mm -hmm. It reminds me of um, being in partnership and in, in a marriage, right? It's like, yes. that's very important. It's not mm -hmm. a, I'm going to win and you're going to lose, right? You're both going right. to lose. If that's how you approach it. Um, right. But yeah, going into things with the intention of, I want to win, I want you to win. And that's mm -hmm. such a different energy as opposed yes. to you hurt my feelings and I'm going to get my way so that I feel better or I think I'm going to feel better. Um, and you mentioned like journaling, like I love that prep time, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes when you get caught up in the moment, you can forget like, oh, there are things that I can do to prepare myself for the conversation. Yes. Um, just like speaking, you know, I spoke at a conference and I, I had to do all this preparing of myself. And that was mm -hmm. like, that was journaling and that was listening to music to get me in, you know, a better mm -hmm. mindset. And so it, it reminded me of that, of like, yeah, when you're going into something that can be difficult or mm -hmm. you just don't know what the outcome is going to be, you know, journaling, I love that mm -hmm. as a, mm -hmm. a practice. And then you talked about open-ended questions. They give everyone space. Yes. Continue forward and you're not creating like a block because you, you know, kind of shut things down with, mm -hmm. you know, the way you approach a conversation. So all of those are so powerful. Are there certain 
phrases or maybe have some go-to sentences that you you say that help to facilitate better conversation like anything in your toolkit where you're like mm-hmm. uh this is kind of getting maybe away from me or I want this outcome and I want to get us closer maybe to a win-win energy do you, are there things mm-hmm. that you that you use that commonly that you find helpful you know the open-ended questions are always you know, my go-tos, and I encourage others to do that as well. The situations, there's so many variables in a conversation. So there isn't like one specific way, but I do highly encourage to have open-ended questions so that you are inviting sort of a dance in the conversation. So it's not one way, it's not led by that person. And you're feeling like, or experiencing that, there's no place for me to voice my opinion, my thoughts, my concerns. I just got to take what you say. And when that happens, when there is no two way and it's just a one way street, people shut down on the other end of the conversation. And now that's being internalized. And guess what? I'm going to assign it something. (laughs) I'm going to assign it a feeling. So all of my sensibility just went out the window. (laughs) But when you ask, you know, open-ended questions, I'm curious about what you're sharing. Would you mind telling me more about that? Would you mind telling me what your experience was? But before I go any further, I want to start back and say, bring some compassion before the open-ended question. So Kristen, I really apologize that that was an experience that you had of me. And I would like for you to tell me more about what came up for you during that experience. Would you mind, you know, sharing with me what impact that had on you after that experience? When we put some compassion before the open-end question, we're giving them space to acknowledge, you know, and really be vulnerable in what they're about to share. And we're saying to them, I do care about your feelings. I do care that this is uncomfortable for you. Another thing that I like in conversations is asking permission. I think that's another important component that sometimes we overlook, Mm -hmm. you know, so thank you, Kristen, for sharing, you know, um, and enlightening me because I was really curious about that. Do you mind if I share with you my experience, you know, and then you say, well, sure. So now what I'm doing is by asking your permission, it allows you to mentally be in an open mental space of receiving or perhaps in a space where curiosity can peak in you in the conversation. So it's still a bit of a dance. Mm-hmm. So, you know, approach it with some compassion, compassion or and or acknowledgement, have an open-ended question, and then ask for permission in the conversation so that you invite the other person in to openness so that they can hear what you're sharing. Yeah, I love those examples and just kind of hearing you speak them. And you make it look so easy. (laughs) Um, And then the permission, I do love when people ask me for permission. Mm -hmm. I feel like respected. I feel safe. It gives me that um, agency to continue in the conversation or not. Um, So I love those examples those are goals for me. I'm like, someday I'm going <laughs> to just nail it and have these conversations. What I'll add to that, Kristen, again, I'm human. 
this is what I do for a living. But and in my personal life, sometimes it gets away from me. There are times when I've gone back to apologize. And especially, you know, in the dating world, you know, there are times when I've gone back to past dates and I apologize. I mean, I think there was one gentleman, it had been maybe six or nine months since I, since he and I had talked and had been on a date. And I called him one day and I said, you know, I would like to apologize to you. And I'm not sure if you'll accept it and it's okay if you don't, but would you mind if I did? And then he says, not at all. And, you know, I expressed to him and shared to him and just said that the experience you had of me, you know, at that particular period was not really what I experienced I wanted you to have. And, you know, you had it because of what I was going through. And uh, I apologize for putting you through it in that way. And I wanted to say that because I wanted you to know that I saw and I heard you. My ego got in the way and he was really blown away. He was like, wow, I don't think I've ever had a woman in the dating scene to come back and apologize. <laughs> and I wasn't doing it for the effect of that, but it, it really just wasn't sitting well with my heart hmm. that, you know, especially once I started to realize, you know, what did I really want? And when I journaled and discovered what I really wanted wasn't what was communicated. And I looked at what was communicated. And I'm like, ooh. <laughs> and I thought about too, you know, I would want, like you said, you felt seen and heard and safe. I want that going forward in my dating experiences. So in order for me to, you know, call in that experience from the universe, then I get to be the experience first so that I can model this is what I'm looking to experience. So you take that into other interactions in your life, family members, friends, work, you know, and it's not always easy, but as you continue to be mindful with the practice, you will ultimately start to embody aspects of it. And you go back, like you said, and how did that feel when I said that? Well, that didn't go so well. Oh, that went well. I want to keep trying that. And you just learn ultimately a new behavior if it's what you're really interested in. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. And what I'm hearing in your example is that you're able to be vulnerable. And that mm -hmm. is such a part of communication that is challenging. Yes. And so I'm curious, how do you get to that vulnerable place of like, I am going to reach out to this person that I didn't didn't sit right with me you know, that I want to date with. I mean, that is so, feels so brave and bold to me. <laughs> so how do you get to that place? I want to be a better human being mm. in this human experience. So going back to the self-awareness, you know, part is what do I want to call into my life? Mm. You know, what are those experiences I want to have when I'm interacting with others? And what's the role that I can, that I play in inviting those experiences into my energy aura. Mm -hmm. So I think that's something that we get to think about because a lot of times what um, worked in the past may not work at this point in your life and you are not the same person who you were, <laughs> you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, maybe even five years ago. So I think it's important to recognize your own evolution and your own journey of growth. Mm -hmm. And if you want something more expansive in how you interact with others, then you get to look at well, how what role do I play in in inviting in inviting the expansiveness into my life with others? The other part of vulnerability is 
it comes with self-trust and self-truth. You know, you really do get to have the conversation with yourself about this worked, this didn't work. I, I showed up that way, you know, and I wasn't trusting, you know, myself. So because I wasn't trusting myself, I was operating from a place of fear. So you have to really, again, tell yourself the truth. The other part is I have, I'm blessed to have a good network, you know, of friend girls who I can call and say, listen, <laughs> this is what I said. This is why I said it. Tell me what you experienced on the end of, of me sharing with you what I said. And they give me honest feedback. And as a big girl, I'm like, okay, I'm here for it. Sometimes it's like, oh, oh. Well, ouch. <laughs> and then sometimes it's like, okay, all right. That's what I thought. That's what I told myself. Mm. And then I, then I say, okay, is there an opportunity to go back, you know, and to be open? And I do tell the person, and I have told the person, this is not an easy conversation. Mm. So I'm asking for some grace you know, as I tell you this, and what I mean by grace is I'm asking to suspend judgment um, and really hear with your heart, not with your mind, your head, mm -hmm. and what I'm saying. And at the end, I will accept the feedback that you give if you want to give feedback. There's a couple things there. You know, I agree with you in, in terms of when you look at your relationships, what kind of relationships do you want to have? Mm -hmm. And how are you helping to facilitate those relationships? What is your mm -hmm. role? And yeah, the vulnerability piece and the self-trust, that's a huge thing. I think, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of women have a very self-critical voice and that, you know, messing up, that feeling of messing up, or I have to mm -hmm. come back and, you know, say, sorry or acknowledge it that can be a struggle and which kind of mm -hmm. leads into my next question of when we have those disagreements with people how can we build bridges and then also how can we be okay with you know like this is just not we're not going to come to an agreement because sometimes it's not even just what is said it's that mm -hmm. our experiences of the same thing are so mm -hmm. different mm -hmm. yes that we are yeah. not going to come to a consensus yeah, right, right. Yeah. And and thank you for bringing this question up because I'll say this, as women, we've really been conditioned around our feelings. And I mean, this is longer than you any podcast and you and I could ever record, right? Because we have to go all the way back in time and history, you know, that we've gotten these messages from just society around us. And so that within itself is really challenging when society has said you should be this way and not that way. So that makes your communication right there, you know, just really, you know, go down to bare minimum, you know, other than yes, no. So I really want women to give themselves some grace and knowing that it really does take a level of boldness and boldness is about courage, you know, to find your voice and to take a position, so to speak, about what's right for you. It takes a level of boldness courage to be vulnerable in a conversation with an openness that we may not come to a consensus on what it is that we're talking about and asking yourself this really important question, will I be okay 
if we if we just don't come to a consensus? Will I be okay if we agree to disagree? And if we agree to disagree, what impact will that have going forward on our relationship? And when you get to ask these questions of yourself in advance in your preparation of your conversation, and if that becomes the reality, I think you have a different experience if you've already really thought about that that is could be highly a possibility. And am I going to be okay with that? Be Could that possibly turn into a reality? It's when we go in with the single-minded track saying, this is what I want. It has to be this way. I'm not open for another agreement or, you know, option on this. It has to absolutely be this way. We're setting ourselves up for a disappointment. Yeah. It's like being open to all outcomes and not really attached to anyone and just being being okay. I had an experience last year and, and it ended up being kind of a surprise. You know, I, I had one experience and this person had the other, what we were doing the same thing together. And Mm. at one point I had to realize oh, we are so diametrically like on yeah, opposed yeah. that we're never going to get to like holding hands. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's <laughs> kind of what I, I want. You know what I mean? I, I, yeah, I tend yeah. to, I want everyone, not everyone to be happy, but I dislike that people would have had a maybe negative experience. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you, I mean, I think that's really, smart and brave though, to understand that. And I I applaud you for saying that, you know, we're just diametrically opposed to it and be able to say, you know what, it's okay. You know, I'm acknowledging your experience and you're acknowledging my experience and that could be the way that we leave it. So let's see what we can come up with another agreement. (laughs) So going forward, the agreement, you know, you put an agreement on the table. And the agreement could be we're going to part our ways and this will be something that I will be curious about for some time now, or I won't, I will no longer be curious about it. I will accept this answer and we'll move on. Or the agreement could be we will acknowledge that there are going to be times when we're going to be opposed to each other. um, And we agree to talk it out and try to get through it as much as possible, you know, and then we move on from there. Yeah. Doesn't have to really define you know, the next steps of a relationship if things just don't come out the way that you're hoping that they will come out. Right. I want to respect your time. Thank you so much for being here and sharing all of your just fantastic tips around just being a good communicator and um, kind of just, you know, being a little more, it seems like it feels like it's a little more fearless and like, you know, just stating what you need and um, being open to others and and being more compassionate. Can you tell us what your superpower is before you leave us? <laughs> you know, my superpower is is two things. One is being a good storyteller um, because I love using my experiences in life to help others to see a possible pathway, you know, for them in building courage. And I also am an enricher. So I enrich the lives of people that I come in contact with. So those are my superpowers. Oh, I love that. And I can definitely see that. And then also please let people know where they can find out more about you or where they can just connect with you. Yeah, I invite um, all the listeners to connect with me. You can find me under theboldnesscoach.com. 
And I think Kristen is going to have some notes, um, show notes for you on that. I also have some links that have freebies to them um, so that you can stay in touch. There is a self-love guide that I've shared and also the link to my bi-monthly newsletter where I share nuggets um, there as well. So, and then also we have a Facebook group <laughs> for women only. It's called the Bold Big Bad Sisterhood. So I look forward to connecting, you know, with your audience a little deeper, but also just having conversations and resources and experiences that can enrich their lives to the next level. I love it. Well, thank you again so much for being here, Venice. You've been such a fantastic guest. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I've enjoyed our conversation. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. So if you found this episode really valuable, I'd love for you to head on over to Instagram and share your big takeaways, any aha moments that you had and tag me at podcast and amplify. If you have any questions, make sure to hit me up in the DMs. And if you have any friends or fellow entrepreneurs who you think would get a ton of value from the show, make sure to share this episode with them. Your recommendations and your reviews are really what help grow this podcast. And we are always so grateful for your support. Always remember your voice and what you have to offer is needed in the world. Until next week, take care.